Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. I saw that you put in wee-woo-wee-woo. Wee woo. You, you dropped that in there. It, <laughs> I did. You know, you could have made it so that it, it played a little bit of it, like number one bullshit, like make it a little bit it funny. It did, it did. No, he no, did no, say number one bullshit. He said it, but guy. I said it. I said it better. I said it okay, better. Okay, I'll put you, you in there. No, 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 don't do that. But we probably shouldn't, you know, it doesn't give it context. So I'm going to... Uh, it's right after Biden. Yeah. By the way, the, the the title's wrong. Biden's innocent laptop and nothing burger. Can we fix that by a chance? All right. So today we got a lot. Sorry, dropped my paper. We have a lot to go over. A lot to go over. And we have some special guests. We have another guest that's going to probably join us. This will probably be a little bit longer of a podcast because we're going to be digging into a lawsuit um, based out of, um, well, two actually. But we're going to concentrate more on the one that's coming out of Pennsylvania. We have uh, Stephanie Lambert and Tom Carroll that are joining us. Uh, Stephanie is an attorney out of Michigan that is just fearlessly fighting um, for truth. And Tom is an attorney um, co-counsel out of um, Pennsylvania. And this case we're about to talk about out of Pennsylvania is by far the most, I think, explosive and scary how the mainstream media and everyone is running away from it. I've seen a little bit on this case, but after going through all of the exhibits, I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning going through them. I don't know. I don't know how. First of all, I don't know how she could lose. They could lose. And secondly, I don't know how the election can stay certified in Pennsylvania. Let's go ahead and bring uh, Tom and Stephanie on. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, for having us on. So it, it is, um, it, you know, we're seeing election fraud all over the country, but we're just going to dig into, the, into this particular case. But if you can tell everyone a little bit about yourselves, um, Stephanie, I'll start with you. Um, that would give a little bit of context to this conversation. Sure. Thank you, Joe. Um, my name is Stephanie Lambert. I'm an attorney from Detroit, Michigan. I'm a former prosecutor. I worked at the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office for about 12 years doing a variety of cases, violent crime, paper cases, fraud cases, you name it, we did it in Wayne County. I'm a trial attorney. I, I'm in private practice. I do a lot of federal criminal defense work. Uh, and I was given an affidavit regarding an election uh, matter right after the 2020 election. And from there, my team has been investigating and working on election matters throughout the country. Um, I, I met Tom in Pennsylvania. He's a fantastic attorney out of Pennsylvania, one of the best, in my opinion. And we are working on the steal and conceal case together, which I'll go into a little bit more 
after Tom introduces himself. Well, good morning then. Uh, my name is Tom Carroll and I'm an attorney in Pennsylvania. I was uh, first a prosecutor in Montgomery County for several years and then I I went into private practice, but I went back to prosecution for several more years at one point with chief juvenile prosecutor in Northampton County. So I had um, a lot of years of experience handling both criminal defense and criminal prosecution. So this case fits within my wheelhouse and to a tremendous degree. And I'm so honored to be working with Stephanie here in this uh, in this battle for our country. So so the, I want to say thank you at the top of the hour. I want to say thank you for the work that you guys are doing. I know all too well the um, the pitfalls of standing up for what's right, especially given how they are just doubling down over and over and over again, that there's nothing to see here. It was the fairest and, and uh, most secure election in U.S. history. Let's just dive into it. Stephanie, give us, give us an update. T tell us about this case. Give us a background on this case. Sure. Joe, we call this case the steal and conceal. Uh, the steal was the November 3rd, 2020 election, and the conceal uh, relates to all of the audio and video evidence from a whistleblower uh, that demonstrates and proves uh, that, one, they committed fraud in the November 3rd, 2020 election, and how they tried to cover it up so that there would not be transparency and the American people would never learn about it. Um, there is a person named Jim Savage. He is the voting machine warehouse supervisor. There are witnesses that saw him uh, flip the votes, if you will. That's Jim Savage right there, uh, it, uh, pertaining to the November 3rd, 2020 election. There's so much information to give you, uh, but Delaware County is where this lawsuit is filed. This is where the fraud took place. Delaware County was the last county in Pennsylvania to report the final results for the election and certify for the state of Pennsylvania. So the reported results from Delaware County changed the outcome of the election up and down the ballot for the state of Pennsylvania. So it's a very significant county. Okay, so, um, and you talked about a guy named Jim Savage and we put his picture up. What did Jim do for, for the um, elections in Delaware County? Jim was brought in, he was tapped to come to Delaware County uh, to wield his sword in his own words. Uh, we have a blog post from Jim Savage where he's talking about how he came to Delaware County and he's not quite ready to lay down his sword and retire in, in his home in Costa Rica, which I'll get to that later. Um, so. It's an interesting statement that he makes in this blog post. I think we have that, if, if we could throw that up. Um, that at running the voting machine warehouse, his job is just to oversee the elections. It's not a partisan process. So it's really interesting what his statement is. So looking at the evidence we have um, regarding how he ended up in Delaware County, we have uh, Joe Biden giving a speech in 2015 where he starts his speech and he says, I work for a man named Leo Gerard. Leo okay. Gerard at the time, I'm sorry? No, I said, okay, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm... Sure, Leo Gerard at the time was the president of the United Steelworkers Union in both Canada and the United States. Jim Savage worked under Leo Gerard. Um, that, that's Jim Savage in that photo with Leo Gerard. Uh, Jim Savage has no election experience to run a, an election. 
So it's really interesting how he was planted in Delaware County, the last county to report in Pennsylvania for this election. And by the way, since this lawsuit has been filed, Jim Savage is now back with the United Steelworkers Union, and he's actually in Washington, D.C., which is really interesting. Um, that is a, a picture of Jim Savage uh, in Washington, D.C. I believe that's 2013, uh, and he met with uh, President Obama at the time. And we have a video here, if you want to show it, where he's fist bumping President Obama. Yeah, let's go ahead so and play Jim that, Savage, producer. Let's go play that producer. That's the one with, uh, I sent it to you last night, the one with, uh, um, here we go. Shakes hands, fist bumps. So there's President Obama fist bumping the voting machine warehouse supervisor of Delaware County for the 2020 election. Um, so it, it, it's it's just really interesting. Do, do you have the video with uh, President, uh, or I'm sorry, Vice President Biden saying that he works for ARD? Yep, I'll play right now. My name's Joe Biden and I work for Lear Gerard. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why he would work for Leo Gerard, but it's all starting to come together because your entire case is not just centered on making allegations. You have an actual whistleblower inside that took lots of video. That's correct. So that's the background. Uh, I was curious when I started reviewing this case about how Jim Savage ended up in Delaware County with no election experience. He got paid a very good salary to go run the voting machine warehouse. So that's the background on how he ended up in Delaware County for the 2020 election to wield his sword, as, as he stated. Um, we do have a whistleblower. And when I began reviewing that evidence, along with all of the witness testimony, uh, affidavits, uh, direct evidence, documents, I could go on and on. I started analyzing which law did they follow in Delaware County with the 2020 election because I saw so many laws that they broke. I couldn't find one. I have yet to find a law that they actually followed with this election. Um, there are 40 defendants that we have sued on this lawsuit all the way up to the executive director, Howard Lazarus, uh, Jim Savage, um, Jim Allen, who came from Cook County to, as part of the conceal. Came from Chicago. Uh, so, so if I, that's right, he came from Chicago. Um, interestingly, <laughs> he uh, was accused in Chicago of covering up certain evidence. Um, we have Marianne Jackson, who was hired as the interim director of elections uh, with no experience running elections. So what I have found is one, that they didn't follow a law, two, that they admitted on film that they didn't follow the laws and they're hoping to next time, um, three, that they've created absolute chaos intentionally surrounding the election to allow the bad actors to commit the fraud and allow them to be the last county in Pennsylvania to report results, allowing them to change the election. Okay. Hey, Stephanie, I think in addition yeah. to the last county, it's also important to note that it's right outside of Philadelphia. It's the fifth largest county in population, but it's one of the most densely populated counties. And that's why they had their hooks in that machine in Delaware County. And the machines correct. that they use are heart machines, correct? 
That's correct. Heart uh, InterCivic is only used in two jurisdictions in Pennsylvania, Delaware County and Philadelphia. Okay. And um, who's, the, who's the suit on behalf of? Who are you suing on behalf of? Uh, Ruth Moten, uh, Leah Hoops, Gregory Stenstrom. Uh, Gregory and Leah both worked the election and they were witnesses to what took place and to Jim Savage changing the votes. Ruth Moten was a candidate. Okay. All right. Um, so as we get further into this, the, we're, we're going to hear video of Jim saying we can't, Jim Savage talk, saying we cannot talk about this because it's a felony, right? We're going to hear videos of him saying literally in a meeting when they're doing training, can you slip in a line that says F Trump? I mean, we're, it, 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 after going through the videos last night, some of the things that, that you have are, it's undeniable that they're working together, that there's collusion in this group to steal Pennsylvania. Absolutely, and it's caught on tape. Um, we can go piece by piece through the evidence, but you're exactly correct uh, that Jim Savage admits to how he changes the votes on tape. Um, and we have evidence of multiple different election officials destroying and conspiring to destroy the election data, records, material, and equipment, uh, including an attorney within Delaware County. Okay, so how, wh why all of this is, is really interesting and, and the cases that you've been involved in um, related to Michigan, right? So you've, you worked hand-in-hand in, hand in other election cases, Antrim County, uh, Maricopa County down in, in uh, um, uh, Arizona, and we have someone that's going to be coming and joining us. And so one of the things that I like about your case, and I, I read the entire 100-page um, uh, complaint last night, mind-blowing, right, is that there's a guy named Eric who worked on and went down to Arizona to work on the Arizona, the Maricopa audit, right? And he uh, wrote a report, and then that report was pulled from the audit report at the last minute. Right. So, so we can talk about why nothing happened in Delaware County as far as prosecutions after yeah. we talk about Eric. But I think this is incredibly important for people to know. As a former prosecutor, it's standard, and, and Tom's a former prosecutor as well, and, and, and he'll tell you this as well. You interview all witnesses. You look at all data and evidence. And then you start to sort through what you think about it and what the next steps might be. Now, uh, Attorney General Barnovich in uh, Arizona has never called Eric Spikeen to ask him about his findings, to ask him about next steps, to ask him to show him the data so that he can understand the report better. Eric Spikeen has never been contacted by the Arizona Senate or the Attorney General. In fact, the Arizona Senate pulled Eric Spikeen's data at the last hour before the report was released to the American people and there was testimony taken from Cyber Ninjas. So what's really interesting is why they're trying to bury what I believe to be the most significant evidence out of the Arizona audit, which is 25,000 ballots that were not from the Dominion PDF. So I'll let Eric explain that a little bit better. But 
I find it highly troubling that the attorney general never investigated this evidence. So, so we're going to come back to it. The, the reason why I brought that up is because everywhere you turn, same thing happened in Antrim County. They found that the machines were you know, purposely flipping or moving ballots. Same thing happened in Georgia. Uh, we have an entire report in Georgia that outlines all of the fraud that exists there. And we're going to talk through now what happens in Pennsylvania. And they can't run away from Pennsylvania. So now no one's talking about it. <laughs> you can't run away from the video evidence. You can't run away from the, 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 the audio evidence. And so now they're just trying to just look around, including they set your case for when to go to trial? There are two cases in Pennsylvania. Jim Savage, before he knew that there was a whistleblower with video and audio evidence, filed a defamation suit against Leah Hoops and Gregory Stenstrom, Trump, uh, Jenna Ellis, and Giuliani. Uh, so he filed a defamation suit saying, hey, what they said about me rigging this election is a lie. And he had no idea that there was a whistleblower. So that case where he sued and we don't have to deal with standing and, and these other procedural hurdles that some of the courts have tried to throw these cases out on, um, the, the evidence will get to come in under that case on that docket. So that judge gave us a scheduling order that goes into the end of 2023. Uh, but the, the plaintiffs, Leah and, and uh, Greg, when they got sued, because they, one, they know what they said all along was the truth. They're heroes, right? They stepped up. Right. They immediately tried to get everyone's attention and tell everyone what they saw happen, that this was wrong, that there was fraud. They were called crazy. They, they went through a terrible year and they tried to pursue re revealing the truth. So when they got sued, their reaction was game on, bitches. We get to put our evidence into the public record and finally show the American people what happened. Awesome. So let's just jump into it. We have, um, and I'm going to let you drive. I'm going to let you drive. Sure. But we have a ton of, of different exhibits and we have a ton of um, video and audios. So where do we start? Where do we, st where do we start with this? Why don't we start with uh, the attorney uh, that is fulfilling the right to know request? and he's throwing the evidence in the garbage can. His name okay. is Tom Gallagher. He works for Delaware County. Uh, Delaware County received in uh, the spring of 2021 a FOIA request, they call it a right to know request, asking for uh, the machine tapes, which are called proof sheet sheets, the uh, tally that comes out of the machine, and the return sheets. A return sheet is a document that's filled out at the polls by the election workers that has the scanner serial number or the tabulator serial number um, and all of the information that you would need to reconcile or check the data to make sure that it adds up appropriately. All right, that's exhibit so, 30, 37, Mr. Producer, 37. See if we can play that. And then we'll go 38 right after that. That's the audio version. Right. <laughs> for the audio version, Mom, why do you have to rip it up? Tearing it up. Makes you feel better. Yeah. We're gonna have so many I don't want to try to pick it up and take it through stuff wet. Oh. We're gonna have a little campfire going. Yeah. That was four times. Okay, so the, he, describe what just happened, Stephanie. Sure. So you see two men in that video, uh, attorney Tom Gallagher 
and James Ziegelhofer, he goes by Ziggy, and they are going through boxes of election data uh, to fulfill the right to know request for the tapes and the return sheets. And they have a problem because what Delaware County reported as the results for the election doesn't actually match what's in their possession. So they are dumping the evidence in the trash can. The attorney is admitting to the whistleblower that he's ripping it up because they don't want to be caught and that they're then going to burn it in a campfire. Okay, so let's go to number 38 if we can, Mr. Producer. This is just a continuation of that. Here. What we're saying, what we have here is evidence. What we have there is evidence. Right? Let them figure that out. Yes, but what I don't understand, and this makes, honestly, this makes me nervous, is why tapes were being thrown away. So what is no being... No tapes were... No, you guys have been throwing away tapes. So what tapes are you throwing away? <laughs> okay, and then so, one, one last one. Let's do 39. Let, let's do 39, which is another continuation. Sure. Go away unidentifiable tapes. They because don't they're have... unidentifiable. There's no way they could, act, like... But it's been that way since the November election, so why would you throw anything away? Because you have to save it for 22 months. Well, let's put it this way. Yes, there are tapes that are being tossed, but they are of no audit value. And no audit value. Okay, <laughs> tapes. No audit value. Nothing to see here. We're just going to throw this away. Right. So in Delaware County, uh, they decide how you're going to vote, and they decide what has audit value, uh, even when there's a right-to-know request. So that's James Ziggelhofer. So what's interesting in that tape is he initially tries to lie to her uh, that, you know, saying, oh, we're not throwing away tapes. And she's like, I'm sitting right here. You're throwing them away. It's a violation of law. And the, and the code that she's referring to is USC 20701 and 20702 uh, that you have to preserve election data for 22 months. So they're throwing it away because they have a problem. It's not matching what they reported. All right, we got to do a quick ad read, guys, to take a quick break here for a second. But uh, this show is brought to you by a uh, uh, by our sponsor, Crowd Health. Um, insured people are resorting to crowdfunding to cover high cost um, healthcare costs. Uh, what's the point of insurance if you have to pay these high health co coverage? Um, in addition to that, so 250,000 people with health insurance went bankrupt last year due to medical costs, and there's nothing stopping insurance companies and hospitals from continuing to raise prices. The high costs are scaring people away from their dreams. Millions of people choose not to become entrepreneurs because of the price of health insurance. But thanks to today's sponsor, uh, CrowdHealth, you can, you can use the power of the community to make health affordable. Uh, CrowdHealth isn't ins is, is not health insurance. Uh, that's why it works. With insurance, you pay high premiums and high deductibles. That keeps uh, the top of thousands of dollars you pay to keep your plan. You end up paying thousands more just before your insurance kicks in one penny. Uh, one in six claims are denied by health care plans. No wonder so many people choose to take their chances without insurance. Uh, CrowdHealth gives you a new way to pay for health care. No doctor networks, no huge premiums or deductibles. So this is how it works. It's putting the community back in community health care and giving the member access to high-quality care up to 60% less in the process. You pay one monthly total 
to fund your account and get access to CrowdHealth Community less than $200 a month for most people. Um, 100% of your uh, monthly contribution goes directly into the fund and reduces the healthcare costs of the community. You pay the purse $500 of a health event, the rest gets submitted to the CrowdHealth community members for funding. And unlike insurance, you're not limited to doctor networks when looking for care. Um, so how, how does it lower your yearly costs? Um, unlike insurance, CrowdHealth succeeds in keeping its members happy by driving up, by not driving up the price. Uh, CrowdHealth helps members shop to get great care at a fair price, make payments to doctors and members as quickly as possible, and negotiates on the community's behalf when unexpected bills arise. So uh, don't let healthcare costs stand between you and your future. Join CrowdHealth today. Right now, you can get your first six months for only $99 per month. That's almost 50% off the normal price and a lot less than the high-deductible healthcare plan. Uh, just go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM to sign up. That's joinhealth.com excuse me, joincrowdhealth.com, promo code FREEDOM. Um, this is a disclaimer. We have to tell you that it is not a health insurance. It is a totally different way of paying for health care. Uh, terms and conditions may apply. Pretty great, pretty great program. Sorry, it's my first ad read for that one. And they gave me this long thing to read. I was like, how am I going to get that done in 60 seconds? All right, let's go back at it. So, so we, we just saw them tearing up tapes, which is a, is that a crime? But yes, they, they, they cannot destroy and throw away and burn in the campfire the election. Has, right? Has, Those could be... Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Has any DA uh, filed charges or has anybody made a... <laughs> any of these people been arrested for the for the, what they did? No, they haven't. Uh, and, and we have the evidence and proof relating to that as well. Uh, so there are three prosecutors that could have potentially resolved um th this evidence okay and prosecuted people that broke uh, the law um one is josh shapiro that's the attorney general of uh, pennsylvania bill barr at the time he was the u.s attorney uh overseeing um it should have been overseeing the the election fraud and we have jack stolzheimer the district attorney of delaware county um so bill barr wrote a letter I'm sorry, uh, Bill McSwain, who worked for Bill Barr, wrote a letter saying Bill Barr said, don't look into election fraud. Um, so this was reported to William McSwain at the U.S. Attorney's Office. A certified letter was sent by Leah Hoops and Gregory Stenstrom saying we witnessed fraud and nothing was done. It was also reported by certified letter to the Attorney General's Office, uh, Josh Shapiro. Uh, we have some tweets from Josh Shapiro uh, that really reflect what he thought about uh, the election fraud reports. Um, so he, he said uh, in one of the tweets that any lawsuits or any attorneys that go after the election matters will pay. And then he said, literally, uh, yeah. in one of his tweets. Um, that yeah, th There's he, another tweet. Yeah, here, here, here's, here's, a, here's a tweet from November 23rd, 2021. I don't, you can't see as he's putting these up, but... Um, if you try to go to court with nothing but lies about elections to back up your argument, you will pay, literally. And this is A.G. Josh Shapiro. Um, Washington Post said uh, they need to take full responsibility. A judge orders hefty fees assessed against uh, um, uh, Mayor Giuliani. This was November 23rd, 2021. But his tweets get much more obvious as to where, he, where his head is. That, that's right. He literally last week 
was with the United Steelworkers Union, supporting the United Steelworkers Union, where uh, Jim Savage was tapped to step down from temporarily to go uh, run the voting machine warehouse in Delaware County. Uh, so we have a number of tweets from Josh Shapiro. We even have video uh, where he's saying that all of the election claims are conspiracy theories. Obviously, they're not. Um, and then we also have Jack Stolzheimer's statements um, where he's calling it conspiracy theories as well. Um, what's really interesting is that Jim Savage, uh, he likes to brag a lot and he makes a ton of statements. And he actually confessed to the whistleblower that the district attorney in Delaware County owed him favors. And that's why no one was prosecuted. So we actually have that on video where yeah. he's describing his relationship with the district attorney. So, so let's let's read these from Josh Shapiro real quick. This is from June 2nd, 2021. These PA GOP conspiracy theorists would rather travel across the country in service of the big lie than tell the truth to Pennsylvanians. I don't think, I think that says it all. And then he, uh, there's a, a tweet underneath it that says, the PA lawmakers visits AZ's sham election audit today are in danger to voters to, in both our states. The, facts, the fact is these uh, at PA GOP conspiracy theorists would rather, okay, so this is what he just says, he's, he'd rather travel across the country. This is a guy literally that is doubling down on a lie by calling us the ones that are lying. That, that's right, and he was on the ballot. So don't forget that he benefited from this election as well. Um, in, in, in addition to that, we have Biden's Ballard Spar, the law firm representing Delaware County. So Josh Shapiro's office is representing the former Secretary of State on the lawsuit. The other law firm is Ballard Spar. Um, I call it Biden's Ballard Spar. They represented Joe Biden's campaign in 2020. So we file a lawsuit and the campaign sends this firm in to represent Delaware County. Ballard Spar, Biden's Ballard Spar, is also the firm that represented the Arizona newspaper uh, that sued Cyber Ninjas. And uh, Cyber Ninjas was fined $50,000 a day in Arizona. So it's the same law firm. Okay, so here, and so the DA is in bed with the AG in Pennsylvania, who, and then Bill Barr told them, do not investigate the election fraud, right? And Bill Barr's a Republican right. working, I mean, I think, and he's telling them up there who are, who are obviously anti-Trump, don't investigate election fraud up there. And then he's asked, so, so Jack Savage is asked, Jim Savage, excuse me, is asked, um, you know, how, how do you know that the DA is going to do something for you? And he responds that he owes him, Right. Right. That's ex that's Summer exactly 92, correct. And, 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 and you mentioned. Mind, I'm, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt just though. I think it's important to keep in mind that Josh Shapiro was not only in the ballot in 2020. He's on the ballot now this year running for governor. governor. So he has every interest in the world as the chief prosecutor of our state to make sure he keeps doubling down on his lie because he's running again for governor. Okay. Okay. So let let let's play this because. And, and people, I got, I have, you have to understand, we have literally, I think, 90 clips, little video clips, and it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. We're going to put it all up. I'll put it all up so you can see everything and go back and watch all the videos. Um, there's a Dropbox link. We'll make sure you have that as well. But let's play this. This is um, uh, Jim Savage um, talking about the DA number this cut is 92. 92. The district attorney. Uh -huh. They owe me. He was 
Why do they owe you? Because you're good to them. Well, you know, before I did this, I did elections from the political side. Oh, you did? I didn't know that. So I you've done elections right. before. I was not this way. I did elections from the political side. Stephanie, what is he talking about there? He's talking about, and he goes on to describe that he is Jack Stolsteimer, the Delaware County District Attorney's political buffer. And he and the district attorney owes him favors. So that's number 93, Mr. Producer. Do we have that ready? Was okay, the vice chair of the Democratic Party. So. And uh, Jack, I, I was like uh, Jack's progressive shield. He held me up. Hey. That's nice. He was your buffer? I was his buffer. Oh, you were his buffer. And let's go ahead and play 94. I was union leadership for 20 years in that refinery. When I fire you, you're fired. Where was that? I worked in the refinery in South Philly. You did? Wait, when? Up until we blew it up. I was there for the explosion. Okay, now time out. I just want to point this out. He said <laughs> the quiet part out loud. Stephanie, there was a refinery. And That's it blew, right. And it blew uh, up. He didn't say it blew up. He, he said, said we blew it up. We blew it up, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, that caught my attention as a former prosecutor. I think anyone describing what ha would happen would say it blew up. He said we blew it up. Uh, so my team started digging on that information as well. And that is incredibly interesting. We could probably do an entire show on just that topic. But I'll leave you with this. Uh, Jim Savage has a home. Uh, that he's in a picture holding up the title of the home in Costa Rica uh, with Margot Davidson. Margot Davidson was uh, found guilty, I think, of embezzlement from Philadelphia. She was also a government employee. Uh, and they have and this home girlfriend. in Costa Rica. Right. There was a huge payout, obviously, when this refinery blew up. Uh, there were numerous insurance companies involved. Um, PES came in after the refinery had exploded. Um, PES uh, says that they want to take over uh, rail, energy, the air, right? It, they describe a, a globalist plan, if you will. Um, so there's a lot that we could talk about on another show um, that we've been digging into, you know, to look into Jim Savage and what else he's been up to. Okay, so he's the fixer for some really bad people. You date all the way back to the steel workers union. He was the vice chair of the democratic party in Pennsylvania state chair. Correct. He was implanted into the uh, refinery. As soon as he gets there, he, he trains and lays off the workers. Then it blows up. Then there's a payout. Then he buys his house in Costa Rica. Then they have an election in 2020. They bring a guy in that knows nothing about elections. They insert him into the deal. And all of a sudden, he then changes 50,000 votes. The, at least 50,000. We have a, we have a witness showing 50. Um, and it's not just any home in Costa Rica. He had it designed by an architect which he spends a lot of time walking around the Delaware County Voting Machine Warehouse talking about this home that he has in uh, Costa Rica. 
Um, and, and you touched on something really important. Um, you know, he is from the, you know, the Democrat Party uh, is closely tied with Obama, Biden, Hillary, Bernie Sanders. But I really don't want this to become a partisan issue. Really, this is an issue that Bill Barr, uh, you know, Shapiro and Stolsteimer should have handled because it's criminal. Uh, Jim Savage and Tom Gallagher and Ziggy shouldn't be deciding the elections, right, for the Democrat vote, the Republican vote, the Libertarian vote, the Taxpayer Party vote, everyone's vote should count it as it's intended to count. It's not about Republican or Democrat, where I think that there's been a narrative, um, you know, in the news for a long time that makes this a polarizing issue. It shouldn't be one. This is really about, you know, was the election stolen from the American people? And here we have proof that it was. Okay. So we're, we're going to start running through uh, exhibits, and I'm going to let you just talk about these exhibits, these videos, because I want people to hear it. I want people to see it, and then we'll just have you jump right in. Sure. Um, let's, let's play, uh, um, or let's put up Exhibit 22 if we can, Mr. Producer. Exhibit 22. Twenty-two. We're almost there. Dead air. Dead airspace. Can't have any dead airspace. <laughs> if you're on the audio version, by the way, we'll make sure that you get access to the Dropbox as well. Go ahead, 22. This is a good one. Why don't I take that one? That's the... There were six precincts in one location, oh, wow. and all of the machines were... All the scanners were programmed to accept... Any ballot? Any ballot of those six precincts. Okay. Which we are not doing. We're not doing this time. Yeah, it was a nightmare. You mentioned that. You couldn't, there's no way you could reconcile. So were people voting, they were scanning in. All right, what just happened? That was the Ziggy guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's Ziggy, and he's located in that video in the basement of the voting machine warehouse, which is, uh, looks so scary from these videos that I've seen. Um, that's where they they hid the 2020 election data. They didn't put it on the shelves where the rest of the election data is stored. They literally hid it in the the scary basement of this voting machine warehouse, where you know there's long stairs that go down there. No one goes down there. No one's going to discover it. And he's showing the whistleblower this return sheet where you can see the tapes are attached to it, the machine tapes. That's what the FOIA request was for. Um, And he's talking about how you can't possibly reconcile this election. All of these ballots, the different ballot styles, which are unique to each precinct, went into one machine. You can't begin to start reconciling. And what's interesting is he says, we're not doing this going forward. Well, they, they definitely are. In fact, Jim Allen is on tape talking about how he wants to set up the scanners to accept all of the ballots through the county. So definitely going forward, you can't reconcile the ballot. I got one more uh, that I have to read, which is IP Vanish. Um, you know, IP Vanish is, helps with um, safely browsing the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, Browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even the physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes it virtually impossible 
for them to find you online. If you use IPVanish on limited device, you can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computer, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick um, is guaranteed at an incredible 70% off your yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, just like getting nine months for free. So IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today and brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to IPVanish.com daily. Use the promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com daily. All right. So then we have Exhibit 25. Go ahead and play this if you would, please. 25, 25. is not a video. Oh, is this the curb siding one? Okay, I'm sorry. Let's go to uh, Exhibit 30. This Are will be we the... copying what's on the back of the notes or no? We're not going to scan what's on the back of the notes. Okay. Just, Just the, the front, front of the return sheet and the page. There must be a way to set it up so it only does the front. Probably. Okay, now that's 30. Let's do 31 so people can understand what's about to, what he's about to say next. And this is the lawyer for Delaware County. Next. Only Xerox. These return sheets, there are notes on these return sheets, and we're going to have to cover them over with paper. You know, if somebody wrote on there, this is an outrageous uh, an example. Oh, so any like derogatory or right. whatever. Now, the, most of the stuff is written on the back, so we're all right. I think I saw something here. Okay, so I want to. You can't hear for the audio version, but why don't you tell everyone what is on the box? What is written on the box? What's written on the box that they're digging through is a yellow piece of paper that says return sheets not re reviewed by the return board for the 2020 election, which is interesting because that's actually the return board's job to look at the return sheets and make sure that the election was reconciled so that they can certify it properly. So they have this hidden box that they've been keeping in the basement that is labeled return sheets not reviewed by the return board. Now they need to dig into this box to fulfill the right to know request because obviously um, they need to give the data that uh, supports what they actually reported for the election, right? So there's all sorts of incriminating notes on these return sheets and they're trying to figure out how to cover it up and hide it from the people seeking this information through the right to know request. Now, did you finally get a copy of the back of the, of the, uh, did they finally produce those after they saw the video or they still have yet to produce those? The backs of the return sheets have not been produced to date. So they're not, they're not producing it and they just admitted on the tape that they were going to withhold that even though that was a part of the right to know request. It likely does not exist any longer. Um, it's so many pieces yeah. of election data went into the garbage that the whistleblower, you know, they was able to up. witness. Uh, correct. Which yes. is a crime. Yes. And if you were a prosecutor and on this case, you would prosecute them for that crime. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So we have another exhibit, 34. This is admitting that they have a board meeting to discuss the rights in a request and um, that they need a warm body for a meeting. Go ahead and play 34. Okay. Monday, you want us, you want us there 
for questions and answers. I don't know what time the board meeting is Monday, do you? No. And he's not going to be available. So I don't know if he wanted another demo, but I don't know if he can to come to I want to go. Yeah, but you wanted to have it. I know that. Okay. I'm still going to go. We were oh, sure. Well, who do we say? Pasquale. Pasquale, if he's available. Even if you've just seen, I'm going to do all the talking. Yeah. Uh, let me ask Dean Davidson first. Okay. She's going to be going. She's yeah. out of here. She's on vacation. She is. I saw her picture. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. all right. I just need a warm body. So. So tell me what we just saw. Uh, they're discussing the meeting pertaining to fulfilling the right to know request that's going to happen, the public meeting. And that's attorney Tom Gallagher saying, I just need a warm body. And he's discussing with Savage, who are they going to send, right? They want to send somebody that's not going to make any waves about what they're doing here. Um, and what's interesting is on the Delaware County government website, there's links to all of the videos for their meetings, but not this meeting. This is the June 7th meeting. You can't click on it. The public is not able to see this meeting, whatever took place that they needed the warm body for. And so there's no, you don't even have a copy of that meeting. So that meeting wasn't recorded? I, I assume it was recorded. I hope it's recorded and we'll be requesting it in discovery, uh, but we don't have that at this time. Okay, so... You know, the, the, the further we get down this rabbit hole, I, I'm not sure that they can walk away from this. They, they're on video committing a crime, tearing up actual election information. They're admitting that they did not actually review what they should have reviewed, right? The review board didn't review it. They're, they're admitting, and Mr. Producer, I don't know where that video is, where they're with um, Jim Allen, um, and uh, he talks about, no, we can't say that. Don't ever say that again. Do you remember what the one that, which one that was? Oh, exit, uh, Exhibit 42. Let's play Exhibit 42. Um, let's, let's start with 41, and then we'll do it 42. Speaking of that, we're going to end up with a number of precincts with no tape, right? So we just told them, well, nothing to do. It won't print, it won't print. We've been there, we tried to change it out. Um, just shut the machine down, right? All right. The pads and the second scanner. We gotta talk about that now. Wow. All right, let's play that one more time so everybody can hear that. Turn it up a little bit. This is um, Jim Allen, the fixer out of Cook County in Chicago, um, talking to Jim Savage, who is the fixer out of Delaware County in Pennsylvania. Play it one more time. All right. The pads and the second scanner. We gotta talk about that now. Wow. What are they doing there, Stephanie? That's right. So they're discussing the cover-up. So the, the first clip that you heard, that's Jim Savage's voice, and he's doing a training for the election. And he's telling people, and it's really interesting, he's the voting machine warehouse supervisor. So if there's a problem, that should fall within his purview. He's telling the group he's training, look, sometimes the machines don't print the tallies. Don't worry about it. Just tell everybody to shut the machine down and I've got it, right? So he's shutting down the machine in a way that that could um, contaminate the election data potentially. And then he's taking exclusive control of the machine. And then what he's saying is, I'll be responsible for getting that election data out of these machines, which, uh, you know, 
uh, bypasses the entire process, right, of the election worker filling out the return sheet with the data, signing it, certifying it, taking the oath, following chain of custody. Jim Savage is saying, don't do any of that. Just give it to me. I've got it. So we have him on tape showing that he controls all of this. Um, the second one is the conversation between the two fixers, the fixer of the election and the fixer of the cover-up. They're talking about the right to no request and they have a problem because they have machines that in a discovery process could be looked at and data could be uh, extracted, imaged and the like for proof. And they're talking about like, we've got to get rid of these. They're talking about the pads, the pull pads, okay, and the second scanners at the precincts, okay? Um, and, and Jim Allen is directing Jim Savage with his hand, just, you know, get rid of these. Jim Savage in the video looks over at the whistleblower and he's essentially saying, dude, we can't talk about that right now. We've got the whistleblower here. And he acknowledges it's a, it's a felony. Like he's trying to tell Jim Allen, like, cool it. We're not going to talk about that here. And you see Jim Allen, who just assumes the whistleblower is stupid and not paying attention to anything, sort of like step back in that video. Like he's blown away that, you know, Savage just announced what they're doing is criminal. And yet they still have not been charged. No charges. And uh, is this information made its way over to the DA? Is there, have you, Tom, have you put this into the DA at all? The suit is, is public and um, there were certified yeah. letters that were sent to the district attorney, all of the district attorneys notifying them of the fraud and nothing has been done. Okay, let's let's play number 43, exhibit 43. It just gets worse, people. I mean, it's gonna get a lot worse. 43. But we cut it up, and then we create a permanent record that we always go like, here you go, here you go. And we scan those cut, copied sheets in. The, the first part of that's a lot of work, but yeah. it might save us working long run it if it's gonna be the drip, drip, drip. I mean, you talk about going to every machine and putting in a clean V drive, and having a <laughs> putting in a clean V drive. <laughs> okay, so explain to everyone what the V drive is. It's a USB drive. That's right. It holds the vote total from the machine. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what Jim Savage is is admitting to here is that for a number of the precincts, they don't have the ability to fulfill this FOIA request or right to know request because the data does not exist. Right. He reported the results, but they don't have return sheets to just go copy the return sheet like they're supposed to. And they don't have the tapes that match what was reported. So they can't just copy some tapes. So he's saying to Jim Allen, I'm going to take a clean V drive into the machine, get some election data. And from there, we'll get the tapes that we can turn over for this right to know request. And so they're conspiring, kind of panicking, going, oh, my goodness, once this is discovered, we're going to have future right to know requests. So let's get ready for it. Let's recreate some data here. Recreate some data. Hey, Tom, by the way, you were you were muted before. Are, are you back with us? Sorry about that. Yes. There you go. Okay. Um, so he's admitting to another crime. I mean. Correct. Right. And they destroyed the other evidence that they had, and they put papers over the backs of the uh, documents so you couldn't see the notes and or just made it so you couldn't see the notes, period. 
So right. they keep committing all these crimes, and you've made referrals to the DAs, and they've done they've gone radio silent. Nothing. The DA has had an opportunity since November third, when people started making reports, to do something, and, and it it's clearly not going to happen. Not only is uh, Jim Savage back with the steelworkers with Biden and Obama. Um, it, it, they've just made it really clear that they just, they're not interested in looking at this. And in fact, the people looking into it, the attorneys are going to pay literally, as Shapiro said, uh, will be punished, right? Um, and their conspiracy theory is crazy. Okay. I, I mean, and, and this is where I started, this is where I started just getting more and more just... Let's play number 48, or 46, sorry, 46. To work with the vendor, I, I would try to explore with the vendor. This is Jim um, Allen talking. Heart Inner Civic to see if we can get a universal um, setting such as that is used in early voting in uh, other large jurisdictions where they set up scanners to accept any one of the, in this case, you know, 1,100, 1,200 ballot styles and see if there's a way to set up a universal scanner uh, that might um, reduce the hassle of trying to reprogram and, and deal with all those V-chips. All right, so that literally, by the way, takes away the ability for you to have any accountability, correct? Right, we, we heard Ziggy tell us about that. Um, and he said, we're not doing this going forward, but actually they are, and they, in fact, want it to accept all of the ballots throughout the the jurisdiction throughout the entire county. Delaware County has 428 precincts. Um, to give you an idea of the intentional chaos that was created, the return board, the election return board wrote a letter November 18th when they certified this election. The letter disclosed that on November 4th, 2020, that they were missing election data from over 202 precincts in Delaware County. So that's 202 precincts that they go on to thank Jim Savage for having the answer to the election data. So they tried to call in some of the election workers that they curbsided, and you'll hear about that in a few minutes, but it was really Jim Savage that had all of the control and authority over these precincts and their election data. Oh, and then they finally admit that everything is screwed up, which means it should not have been, it should not have been certified. The election should not have been certified in Pennsylvania, period. End stop. But number There's 40, no way that they could decide this election in Delaware County. So they, from what I've know, seen, they're I, literally they're still missing election data. The, the return, the right to know request, the fulfillment is missing election data completely from, I think, 35 different precincts still. So they're acknowledging, like, to date, they still don't have election data for 35 precincts. The, the right to know asked for what they use to certify the election. So they're admitting that over 35 precincts, no election data. And then there's a spreadsheet that's been created, and it's filed on the public docket, showing all different types of tapes are still missing. Some precincts are missing the return sheet. So really, you can't reconcile at least 50 of these precincts and this is their version of events, the county's version of events. So, so, but I mean, this is stealing the voice of the American people. It's stealing the voice of the people in Pennsylvania. And we've seen the same thing happen in Georgia, seen the same thing happen in Colorado, seen it happen in Arizona and Michigan. I mean, this is happening all over the country. And they're all, they're saying nothing to see here, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. But then they admitted 
And I want to play this for you. This is Exhibit 47. This is uh, Savage Allen and Gallagher, the guy that was tearing up the things. Savage, the guy that is the fixer. And Allen, the guy from Cook County who's been the fixer in Chicago for many years. Go ahead and play 47. I, I'd, say, right. I'd say Xerox 428 return sheets. Then, I know. Okay. Nothing we can do about that. We had maybe 250 records. Do you think they're straight anywhere in the country? Trust me. I just want Yeah, try to Where's the case? They're not, sorry, Mr. Producer, you're going to have to bleep that one out. They're not right and anywhere in the country. Right. That, 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 that's what uh, Jim Allen says, the fixer of elections, right? Um, so he's acknowledging that the election data isn't straight anywhere in the country. Um, you see Tom Gallagher, the attorney, trying to educate him and say, look, these return sheets are really messed up. Um, and he, you hear him say, we maybe have 250 that are reconciled. So he's acknowledging that they certified the election in Delaware County with maybe 250 that are reconciled, okay? And and how many of those did Jim Savage get involved with in reporting the data, creating the data himself? And, and then we have the other 200. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I don't know all, how they certified this county. I think it's also important to keep in mind that that lack of training of the election officials really is very key because one of the components that people don't realize is that the minority inspector takes an envelope home and has to keep it for two years, which has a copy of the return sheet from each poll and, this, and the slips that come out of the machines. And they can't reconcile those together as well. So those minority inspectors who weren't trained weren't even told that they had to keep those envelopes. So you try to go back to them and say, we want them back because you're supposed to keep them for two years. They weren't even trained that they were supposed to do that. So, On purpose. And that's intention. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, so Marianne Jackson has a clip where she's acknowledging she's the interim director of elections in Delaware County. So she's brought in, she's paid a huge fee, uh, definitely over six figures to come in and oversee the elections for the 2020 election. And she disclosed, and she was tapped to come in to do this, that she has no experience other than voting, right? So they're thinking, this is great. She's gonna have no idea what's going on. She's not gonna spot what we're doing here. And uh, she'll just go through the motions. We also have other clips where they're admitting to curbsiding the election workers. So they're literally going up to the first person in line and saying, in violation of the law, by the way, this is in violation of Pennsylvania law, can you work the poll today? We'll give you $100. Come on inside. You're running this election. So, and so, that's how Jim Savage gets access and controlled these machines. So we have Exhibit 48, which is a letter for the Democrat Party. Um, it's signed by James Allen, Jim Allen. He's the, the crooked uh, Cook County guy, right? Correct. He is setting forth in the letter basis to commit fraud uh, going forward. Uh, Let's document turnout. Let's document turnout so we can justify ordering more ballots. Let's put this up if we can, Mr. Producer. This is uh, Exhibit MM inside of your complaint. Uh, but if you go through this, stop right there. Um, this is a a congratulatory in May of 2021 to the party leaders um, of the Republican and Democratic Party, and it goes through. If you'll go down, Mr. Producer. 
And this is the part that, I mean, you guys can read this in your own time. We don't, we're going to run out of time if we do it this way. But it, uh, go, go all the way up, Mr. Producer, because it's going to show, no, I mean, all the way down, sorry. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Go to the enclosures, if you would. Now, Stephanie, I'm showing the enclosures, and this shows that the turnout was over 100% in Springfield, 110%. Again, Delaware County's numbers are really interesting. <laughs> so, but what Jim Allen is trying to do here is justify having more and more and more blank ballots at Delaware County's disposal for each election. Right. Uh, so he's documenting um, an interesting number for turnout for the past election and in trying to justify more blank ballots that will go through the universal scanner that they can never reconcile going forward. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, go ahead and take this down, Mr. Producer. And then if you go into um, uh, Exhibit 52, this is, this is really, really interesting. I'll let you comment on this after we play this. Exhibit 52. This will be the text messages, I think, correct? So why don't we talk about that offline because um, Jim and I had a brief conversation today and this time it's much different than last time because we're going to have them sign O's, they're going to need W-4s and we need them to sign something allowing them to somebody else to pick up. So we're going to actually follow the law fully this time <laughs> and um, so there's a lot more stuff in our letters. They're going to follow the law fully this time. I doubt it. Uh, that's Christine Ruther. She's with the county. She's an elected official. And uh, what she's acknowledging there is, one, that they didn't follow the law for the 2020 election. Um, but she's talking about how there's no chain of custody that other people picked up the election data than the person working the poll, that no oath was signed. They didn't have anything that they needed. So what they're doing here in a lot of these meetings as I listen to this evidence, is they're creating the appearance that they're trying to change things going forward. I just don't buy it. Uh, they, there were huge problems. The public knows about it. There was a letter for the return board saying, hey, we didn't have data for half of the precincts after the election. So they have to create the appearance that they're going to do something going forward. Uh, the reason I just don't believe that they actually have good intentions is these same elected officials actually had an audit done prior to the November 3rd, 2020 election by a company saying, you know, tell us how we can run a clean election. And so there's this report, it's one of the exhibits um, that everyone can see that, that lays out, you should do, you know, these five things essentially. And so the county didn't do any of those things that they, one, used taxpayer money to pay for this report. And then actually did the opposite, knowing they were like educated on how to, you know, create the fraud. And uh, they went and did exactly that plan. So I don't think this is genuine. I've listened to other clips where they're talking about the machines slicing the ballots. They're not really creating real solutions to prevent that from going forward. I've listened to clips regarding uh, chain of custody and the V drives that have the vote totals. And some of the elected officials, um, or election officials, I should say, are talking about, well, there's a point in the process where we're gonna have to open that and confirm that there's a V drive in there. And someone says, well, you can just feel it through the bag. And they're like, no, we really should open it and see it. So they're trying to come up with these fake reasons as to why they can't have chain of custody and a clean election process going forward.
so at the end of the day, the more we've only seen a part of this this information, and there's there's so much more. I mean, this is we have text messages and pictures of ballot boxes that were found inside of the exhibits that were found in some room, and the text messages go back and forth to say, "Hey, what are we going to do with all these ballot boxes?" and they're like, I'll, Jim Savage says, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Right. Right. So there's thousands of blank ballots that are found in a building in the county by the whistleblower that shouldn't be there. So she's opening up the boxes. She takes a photo and sends it to Jim Savage and says, I'm cleaning out this room and I just found all of these blank ballots. Right. Remember, Jim Allen thinks they need more. Um, and what should I do? And Jim Savage's reply is, I'll take care of that, right? So clearly he knows what's been going on. He knows that there's blank ballots that shouldn't be in a different location. And he's again going to do the cover up. All right. So let's let's just keep going down through this. Uh, let's play exhibit fifty-three if we would, please. Quick question. Quick question. Will the envelope size be uh, six by nine or smaller? I'll Check to see what um, I don't have off the top of my head what Agatha had done, but at last year the secrecy envelope was, I think it was that it was not long enough. It was it was too short, so it did not allow the. Okay, now let's play 50, 54 as well. This goes into the clearance around the ballot. It did not allow the ballot to jog when uh, before it went into the extractors. The the. It needs 25% clearance um, around the ballot. And that's that's why we were cutting so many of them. So we either have to fold the ballot very, very small or increase the size of the secrecy. That clip's really important because she admits that they were cutting so many of the November 3rd, 2020 election ballots uh, with the machine. These are the, the mail-in ballots that are going through the machine and they have a secrecy envelope. What's really important is Leah Hoops, who was sued by Jim Savage for defamation, uh, had to get an injunction. She was trying to get everyone's attention during the counting process saying thousands of ballots are being cut by this machine. And then they're taking the cut ballots into a room where there's no one observing. So they went to a judge, they were proactive, they tried to get an injunction to get back there and observe what was going on with thousands upon a thousands of ballots. And she was called crazy. She was called crazy by Jack Stolzheimer, by everyone, a conspiracy theorist. And look, she's right. They admitted it on film that they were cut. So they admitted they were, they were cut and they're, they're literally breaking yet another law. And yet everyone's still saying all these right, I'll call them left-wing extremists. They are the, the, the ones that are conspiring. They're like, ah, oh, conspiracy. They've now come up with dog whistles all across the board. It was racist. It was all this other stuff. Now it's conspiracy theorists and election deniers. And the evidence is right here in front of us. It's right here. It proves everything that was said. And yet she's getting sued, right? She's getting sued by Jim Savage. That's correct. So she needs Sounds to defend familiar. herself. in the. But she's so confident. She has all the evidence she needs to show that what she said was truthful that she's thankful for the process. Although it, it costs money. It's going it to cost costs her money, money. Yeah, right. to, to defend herself. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And stress, right? So th that that's why it's so important that uh, when someone makes a report like this, that it's actually looked into, 
right? Everyone blew her off from the start. Greg Stenstrom saw the votes flipping with Jim Savage it, and no one did their job, not the government, not the judges, no one did what they were supposed to do. And that's how we're here 18 months later showing all of the proof to you. Because it's a facade. It's a facade. It's not a free and fair election. Do you feel, do you feel it's a free and fair election? I don't know whose votes were destroyed. I don't know if those were Republican, liberal, it doesn't matter. All I know is that votes were destroyed. They weren't counted. That Jim Savage was in charge of uh, the Delaware County election and reporting results. And that there were problems in every fashion you could possibly imagine intentionally to allow Delaware County to be the last one to certify. So when they had to chase down people that were working at the polls, ask them to come in, ask if you've got the tapes, that process took weeks which allowed Jim Savage to be the last one to report the election results for the state. So then we get into people being have not even having any sort of experience and getting jobs and bragging about getting a high paid job after telling them, I don't have any experience. Let's play cut 56. Do you guys know who Ashley Lunkenheimer is? Turn it up. Yes. Okay, so she's on the Board of Elections. Well, this woman who called me was Ashley's mom. And she runs a female coaching organization. And she had been my executive coach, and she said, looking for somebody to step in as an interim director of elections. And I was like, Molly, I don't know anything about elections. Like, all I've really ever done is voted. Because, you know what? Just have a conversation with Ashley. Just, you know, I'll tell her. So I talked to her daughter, and I thought, oh my God, I have no idea what I've been doing. And Ashley said, just interview, interview for the job. So I interviewed for the job with a couple of people. I think Manly, Gerald. Um, and I ended up getting the job. And I was like, holy. What have I done? <laughs> what Marianne doesn't know is that interview process, we have like six people, and after they heard what the job was, they all like disconnected their cameras, and she was the last man Probably. Probably. So, no experience. Uh, other than voting, according to her words, right? And so she was the person tapped to oversee the elections. Jim Savage was tapped to fix the election, and this is the person that was tapped to oversee it. Wee woo, wee woo. It's time to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I know we probably shouldn't play it, but we, we have this oh, thing. Oh, you see this do. guy? See this you guy? See this guy? Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo, wee woo <laughs> because he have to go in front of the traffic. Look what I do. 22 and he do wee woo wee woo. Okay, so so that's our way of saying this is absolute garbage. And, and they're getting away with it. They're getting away with this. But they're not because we're going to continue to tell this story. Whew. I, I, I had my blood pressure went up and then I started reading the complaint and my blood pressure literally, I, I had to go take a couple aspirins. I thought I was going to have a, just a heart attack sitting there going through this stuff because it's, the evidence is so clear cut. It's clear cut. Right. It, well, that's why I started looking for a law that they followed. I, I have yet to find one. I found that interesting that Steph categorized it in that way because I'd been judge of elections in my work for many years. So I was well trained in all these laws. 
And then when we started looking at all this and she, she phrased it that way, I'm like, you have it absolutely 100% correct. This is shocking. And But, but it, it was a concerted effort across the nation. I mean, you have election machine companies that were working collectively together. They conspired together to defraud the American people of their voice. They, they selected, not elected, leaders across the nation to, to ruin our lives. I say ruin our lives because a lot of laws have been passed as a result of this, I mean, the problem is the elections were stolen, not just in Pennsylvania, and that has implications on the president. But let's not let's not kid ourselves. We're not just talking about presidency. We're talking about Senate races, commissioners races, local mayoral races, because some of these local laws that are being passed right now as a result of Democrats getting into positions where they own the majority are costing people their lives. It, it's defunding police in Chicago, which this morning, by the way. I don't know if you heard this, but the the police, one of the police captains said, it's lawlessness. We're in a state of complete lawlessness in Chicago. Like people are just getting shot at random and rapes and murders and, and they're putting these people in jail and they're getting out three, five days later for major crimes. It's unbelievable. Well, and, and that's concerning. They're sending the message here that they don't prosecute voter fraud, which is, is so concerning. Um, that going into the 22 election, that people have the impression that they can do whatever they want, that they not only carried the, out the fraud here, but they got away with it. So of, of course this is going to be attempted again if, if we don't have prosecutions and people are held accountable. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think that the, for, forget about the prosecution part. I'm seeing a groundswell of people all across the nation. They know who their targets are. They know who the enemy is. And they're saying that it's leadership. Leadership is the enemy. That kindling, as, as, as has been said, is, is smoldering right now. And much like when it smolders into a, a large flame, people, I mean, my biggest fear is that it goes kinetic, right? And that people lose hope. And they're like, okay, if it's lawlessness, then we're just going to, we're going to literally take it into our own hands. And there are enough pissed off people that are losing everything while the, the, the mega wealthy get more rich and the politicians end up getting more that, you know, people are like, look, I, I have nothing left to lose. I'm losing everything already. Well, I think you have, you, you have a good point. And, and that's actually something that uh, Tom and I care a lot about. We're handling this case. Okay. Obviously it's a 100 page complaint uh, that's extremely thorough, has the do evidence well documented. Um, but the people sitting at home watching this and feeling like, what can I do? they should contact their elected officials, okay, and say, what are you going to do about this? This election impacted who their federal leaders are, right? The elected officials. Um, they should make sure that the elections are uh, handled appropriately in all of their jurisdictions. They should do anything they can, FOIA requests, right to know requests, get the election data, analyze it themselves, and give the impression to whoever's sitting in the clerk's office or the Secretary of State's office or their DA's office that they're not going to allow this to happen in their jurisdiction. So, so I, I know there's a lot of people doing that. It's called the America First movement, right? It's, it's happening. There are Democrats that are succeeding from the Democrat Party and moving over to the Republican Party and then putting an asterisk next to them and said, I'm a, I'm a, you know what, I'm a America First. But the consequences across the nation are so grave. You have inflation, raising fuel prices, what happened in Ukraine. Uh, you know, the, the border crisis and, and the fact that they're, you know, you have pedophilia and, and then you have the being attacked on the schools. The same thing they're doing on the on the the the, the elections is the same thing they're doing in society in general for all Americans. 
right? They're fatiguing them with everything they're doing with the schools and the kids and the masks and the pandemic and get the vaccine and the border. And the, I mean, you feel like every way is up and it's allowing them to get away with this stuff under the cover of chaos. I can't well, stress enough how important what Steph just said is about the freedom of information or right to no law request. We really need to encourage people to go into their communities and their government agencies and say, I need to know what's happening. And we need to encourage that. And also in Pennsylvania on May 17th, we have our primary. So you need to go after your, if you live in Pennsylvania, your um, uh, people on the primary ballot and say, where do you stand on this issue? And look to see that you hold them accountable in the election on May 17th. And that's in Pennsylvania. Yes. All right. Um, Stephanie, does, does Eric have the link by any chance? The link for this? He hasn't gotten on yet, so I was just checking to see if he got the link. He, he has the link. He must okay. have been stuck in the meeting. Right. Um, so so we, we have more to go through. I'm going to get right back into it. Um, so the, the inspector, the, the minority inspector, you talked about this. Right, finding people that are that they can grab off the street, right? Right. So let's play um, cut fifty-eight. Did you do the election last year? I was a majority inspector. You were, and how did what precinct? Uh, two six up Derby. Upper Derby. How was that? It's good. Um, problems with um, minority inspector. What happened with the minority inspector? Um, she wanted to hand out the provisional ballots. And then, then, when we got to the point where I needed to inspect the yellow um, sign-in books, right. um, I was not allowed to do that as majority inspector. So I went to the judge, and the minority inspector gave the judge a hard time. So at the end, two weeks later, we were called down to the warehouse because there was maybe 20 empty spots. And the numbers didn't tally. So how did you resolve that issue? Or you didn't? We, uh, at, at the polling place? At the, no, at the warehouse, when you got called back down to the we warehouse. Wrote, we wrote a, a memo and we gave it to uh, people down there. And we never heard back. We explained the, situ explained the situation. Oh, so what happened? We never heard back. That's what I said. We, we wrote, you know, a, a document. Right. That said this is what happened and this is why there are oh, a good 20 um, names that are not there I don't know where they were counted whether they were double counted whether it was fraud I have not that would be very frustrating it would be very frustrating okay tell me what <laughs> I, I mean it kind of stands <laughs> for itself Right. She's admitting that there could have been fraud, that it was her job to take a look at the yellow book, which is the poll book in, in Delaware County, to look at the number of voters and reconcile it with the votes. And she wasn't allowed by somebody in the precinct to do that. So she had to go to the judge. Um, so t Tom can probably explain the process of what takes place in a, in a precinct a little bit better than I can in Pennsylvania. But uh, this is obviously uh, an example that they had to go weeks later to the election board, um, do an interview uh, when they're trying to gather the election data that's missing. Meanwhile, it's being reported and Jim Savage is getting credit in this letter from the election board for having the answers to some of these problems. Um, what's interesting is the election board in their letter 
it's an exhibit in the case, acknowledges that there were a number of precincts that they felt that they had to refer to the district attorney for potential prosecution. And so it, it not only did the complainants refer this to the district attorney, the election board returned it to the, re referred it to the uh, district attorney. And still nothing happened. Nothing happened. Okay. Um, so we got a couple more. We, we have you know, probably seven or eight more uh, videos that we're going to play, but this one is the V-Drive video, number 64. Let's play it. So quite concerned and baffled as to why Lorraine dumped all the V-Drives in a bag and just returned them that way. What? I almost, I almost said she was a but you have three ladies here. What? It's okay, we've heard that. Dumped them in a bag. No, sweetie. Put them in a box. She did some sort How of... How could she get away with that? But then she put it in the pla big plastic bag and puts it on top of the hood of her car. This is the second day. I won't even tell you what she did the first day. She goes, no, the traffic's going by. Uh, we don't have anything for Chester 1-1. One -one. We don't have uh, the pinks for the... Uh, we don't... And Paul Croft is missing. Okay, what just happened here? Those are all the V-drives. <laughs> they just the mixed them in together. Right. It's Lorraine Hagen, the clerk for Delaware County. Her job is to maintain election data, right? Uh, she's saying that the vote totals, the V-drives, she doesn't have a number of precincts. This is months after the November 3rd, 2020 election. So months later, these V-drives are still missing. She can't provide them to the attorney, uh, Thomas Gallagher, and he's just blown away that they're missing. So I find Thomas Gallagher's reactions really interesting because he seems to be really critical of how everyone else handles election data. Well, he's yeah, he's the one throwing it away. <laughs> he's throwing away the election data. <laughs> Number one bullshit guy. Number one bullshit guy. <laughs> Sorry, we, we, we that's our new thing. It's like literally we're just going to talk about the fact that people are just nutbags. Okay, so then they admit that the, the, the machines, the mail-in ballot machines, didn't update files to SURE system? That's right. They, they acknowledge, and this is, again, how you'd reconcile the mail-in ballots, uh, the voter roll, which Who is the <laughs> SURE system, right, uh, with, with the machine. It, they say that the machine did not upload the files, right? So they're missing all of this data that they would need to reconcile. So let's play that. Let's play uh, 68A. Updates that, that I had, Christina. I'm going to turn it over to you because I know one of the things that uh, that was a bane in many of our existence last time during the general election was the kind of the um, the issue of the Blue Crest not necessarily uploading all the proper files into into Sure. So. I <laughs> right. I, can't, I can't. No, no, not not the next one. Not the next one. Um, I, I, again, Stephanie, we're, you, you said what law did they actually keep? I don't, and they didn't, they broke every law. So it wasn't hard for every the DA. Law. Tom, what's going on? Why, why didn't the DA do something about this? Well, you know, he was a, a George Soros funded, um, DA. Oh, That's here we go. We get down to it. <laughs> And, and keep in mind, the attorney general's office, Josh Shapiro, uh, it, he's representing the former secretary of state in this lawsuit. He has all of this evidence in his possession. His office has all of this. 
And so he's this past week with the United Steelworkers Union making statements on Twitter rather than coming out and saying, you know, I need to find a way to screen myself off from this process. It looks like there's a civil suit. There needs to be a criminal prosecution. Here's how I'm going to handle this. He hasn't done any of that. In fact, he's just hanging out with the defendants. All right. So uh, we, we've got a bunch more. I'm just going to play this. Uh, let's do uh, 72 and 73. Uh, I left the scathing voicemail, probably totally inappropriate, no cursing, on Friday for Lorraine because she just handed me this box and said, it's missing uh, Chester 1, it's one, it's missing Haverford, Falcroft, you know, with no piece of paper. Why is it missing those V drives? I have no idea. But th there's a thousand V drives in there. And I'm like, and they all came out of the place to cases. They were all over the place. And she, she took V so then we have Jim Allen. This is unbelievable. Let's I think play. there's one more from that clip. All right, go ahead and play it. She took V drives, just shoved them in the plastic bags, and she went like this. So I, left, I said, you get down here and you straighten this out. Well, Jim Allen got a hold of it, and he is, he's just making check marks. He's just making check marks. <laughs> he's just breaking the law. Check marks, done. Right. No prosecution, no reports, right? Just just a check mark. Um, and, and most of these people still work for the county. And to my knowledge, I believe they're going to run the 2022 election. Okay. So so then it gets into some more breaking the law. I mean, it's like complete lawlessness. Tom, I'm, I'm just surprised you don't have people just shooting each other on the streets there. It's like <laughs> Wild Wild West on, on steroids over there right outside of Philadelphia. Well, what's concerning is, as you just said, the, the election, the primary is 45 days away. So these people are, in fact, running a primary election right now with Josh Shapiro on the ballot. Wow. And and by the way, this is even worse. They opened the, the they, they talked about opening the, the polls, closing the polls, open the polls, close the polls. So, so now they're just manipulating <laughs> the votes. Right. And they also talk about how they can set the clock back to print new tapes. We have that evidence from Jim Savage as well. But um, th this is really interesting with uh, Ziggy's statements about opening and closing the polls. 75, play it. All right. Here's the okay. quiz. All right. Okay. Wait, you're not submitting those. Yeah. Here's a quiz. Lifetime counter, seven votes. Right. 285 people voted on that scanner. In Yadin 7, 7 precinct. Right. Okay. What should the lifetime counter be at the end of the night? 293. Oh, plus 7. 292. Okay. So what is it? Is it not that? 292, right? Okay. It says 285. Well, plus 7. Okay. All right. 292. All right. 292, but why will you not submit the other opening receipts? Because, this, I'm not covering up anything. It would be too confusing if I handed these in because it would advance, right? It had, there were- Does that change your lifetime count number? No. They opened the polls with zero. 
They open the polls with zero at 7.26. Right. They close the polls. They close the polls. They open the polls again at 7.45 with one. One on there, which increased that by one. Okay. Then they close, close the polls it again. again. They open the polls at... There was another vote, which was made it two, which increased it. So you don't need these. Okay. God. Okay. So we got the, we have the. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm, I don't, wee woo, wee woo. I, what is happening? <laughs> you know, the interesting thing oh, about you that see this guy? You see this guy? Number one bullshit guy. <laughs> <laughs> The polls open by law at 7 a.m. and they're not opening that poll until 7.26 a.m. because they don't even have workers there probably at that poll to say, we, we're going to curbside people and train them. No, just get them working and open the poll at 7.26. How many votes might have been cast in that 26 minutes? We don't even know what happened at that 26 minutes and they were supposed to open it a half hour earlier. And then they close it and then they open and, it again. Right, it's never supposed to happen. Okay. So, so it, well, it, he it, makes really interesting statements in his whispers. He says, you know, there's red flags. If I turn this over, I'm not hiding anything, um, which obviously he is. Okay. He <laughs> He's not credible. Too much. <laughs> there's no reason to open the polls, close the polls a bunch of times. That doesn't make any sense. But we have Jim Savage admitting that he can turn back the clock on these uh, tabulators or scanners and print new sheets to make it look like it happened during the election. So he's made that statement. So obviously all of this is um, highly incriminating and they're he's admitting to hiding evidence, right? We're not going to give these types of tapes to people because they might have questions. Well, they have a right to have questions. They want to know if their vote counted. Whose vote did they not count here? We, we need to know that. They did. Nobody's vote counted. No, nobody across the country's vote counted because the system is so compromised across the board, inside the machines, outside the machines, bad actors. I mean, it, and and I and I have to tell you, I just want you to know, they cheat on both sides. Republicans and Democrats, they're both cheating, right? Well, I, I think that's I why it's so important to understand that we're not talking about po partisan politics. Now, we don't care, Democrat, Republican. What we yeah. care about is the system shouldn't be set up for anybody to be able to cheat. Right. Because now it's just who cheats, right. who cheats better. <laughs> the, the RNC raised, I think it was $80 million to address election fraud. And I'm nothing. not aware of any money that was actually, it, I don't know why my team is running around on a shoestring budget invest, investigating all of this. And the RNC raised $80 million and it has done absolutely nothing. And so that's actually really interesting. We can do another show on that. Uh, Mitt Romney's ties to the voting machines, his investments. And then we have, is it his niece, Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC during oh, yeah. this process? Yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it? They just pass it on down. It, it basically is a fraternity of the mob. I mean, we're talking about mafia. That's what we're talking about. I mean, this, this right now is basically a criminal enterprise running our government right now. Keep it very close. We have uh, proof also of Kamala Harris and Hunter Biden sitting on the Truman Group um, that has officials from the election boards in each state. Um, so there, I think his name is Aaron Tripp, is on the Truman Group's board. 
um, and also on the Michigan Election Groups Board. So there's a lot of uh, overlap uh, with these um, people that are very closely tied to the conspiracy of where people were planted um, and their different roles in the election. So everywhere, by the way, that Jim goes is chaos. Everywhere that he goes, both of them, Jim Allen and Jim Savage. Now he's got a, a big house in Costa Rica. His girlfriend was just, uh, uh, I think, charged with stealing, right? Embezzlement. Right. I don't know that for sure, but I think that's what she was charged with. And um, now they're saying, though, that, that they know that they violated the law, but it's an old law. Is that correct? I, I think you're referring to the clip where they're talking about how they believe some of the laws are old and not yeah. worth following, yeah. um, which which is interesting. That's not their call at all, right? The laws are in place for the people of Delaware County and the state of Pennsylvania and the American people. Um, but we have people within Delaware County deciding how the votes are going to be counted and then which laws they're going to follow. Let's play cut 88, please. 89, sorry, 89. Wow. Less like... Do we want the polls to open, or do mm -hmm. we want to follow these procedures that were written in the Code of Elections in 1950? Right. So the election laws that were that were that were made in 1956. Do we want to follow those laws? Well, no. I guess you don't have to. Well, we don't well, have no, I can I can answer that. Those are good laws. It's the oath that she's referring to that the um, election workers take. It's the documentation showing who's working where and when. Training. It's all of the documentation showing the vote total. So uh, obviously she thinks these are stupid laws. They're not. They're in place for a reason, and she's refusing to follow them. And the last cut that we have that's an audio version that we can play today is um, Jim uh, basically threatening the whistleblower. I mean, that's kind of what I got out of it. Um, and that's cut 96. You, you don't sneak up on old Jimmy boy. You don't sneak up on Jim Savage. Yeah, you don't sneak up on Jim Savage. Stephanie, he makes a lot of statements him. like this. Right. I don't think you sneak up on Jim Savage or Leo Gerard or Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or Obama. Um, because if you do, you sue them. They will send in Biden's Ballard Spar, the law firm, and Josh Shapiro to try to cover it up. So I think uh, Jim Savage is really speaking for everyone there that um, this is their attitude, um, that they were bold and, you know, stole this election and that they intend to try to cover it up and conceal it from the American people. And Tom and I are not going to allow that to happen. Well, I think that the things that you guys are doing are absolutely, um, amazing. I mean, my hat's off to you. I mean, I, obviously I've been in the middle of, of this fight since, um, the 9th of November, Actually, the sixth, I was up hunting um, and decided to step out. I was a tech CEO for a decade on a company. I'm a two-time Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year nominee and a finalist in 2020. And I gave all of that up because I wanted to be a conspiracy theorist. No, because I wanted to chase truth <laughs> and I wanted the vote of the American people to count. And I wanted to get rid of these really crappy people in our country that are basically stealing opportunity from our children and grandchildren and generations we'll never know. Um, and I found it. You know, I was like, well, if not now, who? And if not me, or if not me, who? And if not now, when? And I think that you guys have said the same thing, and you're just stepping in the gap. So I, I want to tell you I appreciate it.
Thank you. Where where can people go to get the information? I mean, I'm going to I'm going to put all this stuff up, but I want to put it up on the screen. Uh, I know Stephanie, you have a site and there's also another um, election um, um, integrity, uh, excuse me, election investigation law site as well. That's correct. Tom and I both have Patriot Online accounts where we post uh, short clips of evidence. You can find us there. I have a website, stephanielambert.com, that has a link to all of my social media profiles where there's a lot of evidence. Um, and then a lot of evidence is also posted on electioninvestigationlaw.org. Okay, so that's Stephanie with an F. So it's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-L-A-M-B-E-R-T.com. And then electioninvestigationlaw.org. And Tom, do you have a site that you have information on as well? It's just my uh, website, thomasjcarrolllaw.com. And that's T-H-O-M-A-S? J Carroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-L, law.com. All right, perfect. Well, I'll, I'll give you guys the final word. We're out of time, but um, I just want to thank you all for doing the work that you're doing, um, your patriots. I am going to send over some information. Have you been on uh, Stu Peters' show yet? We have not. Okay, so I'm going to hook you up with Stu Peters so you can have a show over there. Um, you're going to have to condense into 20 minutes. I wanted everyone to hear every detail of it. Um, and and if, if everyone gets a chance, go read the 100-page complaint. It's well worth it. And then we'll have you guys back on to talk about what's happening in Michigan, too, against the Secretary of State, because you don't just have one lawsuit. You have multiple lawsuits that you're, you're chasing down. That's, that's true, and I'd love to talk about that. The Secretary of State is acting as a dictator in Michigan. She's trying to take away all the authority and control from the local clerks. It's terrible. She's trying to intimidate them in advance of the 2022 election, and she's broken the law, not these clerks. All right, so what do you think people should do right now? If you're, if you're in Pennsylvania, what should you be doing? Should you be... I mean, I think we're... we're I mean, if somebody said it, we should have a riot in the streets, right? We should have a rally in the street. Excuse me. No rally. I don't believe in rallies. A protest in the streets. We should all get in the streets and protest. Um, but what can they do? What can they do in Pennsylvania specifically? What would you direct them to do to work the problem? Well, in Pennsylvania, I definitely want to stress that we have this primary election coming up. So we need to, everybody to be talking to their um, uh, the people on the ballot and put, putting pressure on them to say, you need to tell, tell us where you stand on this or we're going to support primary challenges against you. That's a huge thing. Also, as Stephanie was saying, the, the uh, right to know law requests that need to get get some information, get go to our websites and look on what you need to do to start following filing these right to know requests. So you get information yourself, do your own homework and join the fight. I'll have a, a FOIA bank that's going up soon on my website that we'll start posting the FOIA requests that we have done. And then we also want everyone to send throughout the United States a national FOIA bank uh, what they have requested as well. So we can start comparing from state to state what's actually happening and look at the transparency and see the patterns. All right. Well, I want to say thank you um, to both of you. God bless you. I know it's a it's a hard road to run, but I just I, I know that the people are very thankful for the time that you're putting in and the commitment that you have to the American people. So God bless you and thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. We'll have you on again. Thanks. So that was that was a. Uh, that was a lot to go through. And, and frankly, if you're if you're listening to this and you're sharing it, tell people they have to watch the whole thing. Right. And because I don't think you, you can appreciate 
all the evidence unless you start looking at it piece by piece. And we broke it down into small, little, itty-bitty segments. And the reason why we did that is because, frankly, it's a lot to swallow in big bites. And that's why they, they create this chaos. That's why multiple things are going on. We know this Jim Savage guy literally admitted to blowing up a refinery. We also know that he said you, can't, you don't mess with Jim Savage, right? You don't mess with him. He's got, he's got a big house in Costa Rica, and he's the fixer. And I guess fist bumps Obama. I, the, the whole thing just seems odd to me, but it really doesn't. Because when you're talking about organized crime, this is how they act, and this is what they do. And I, I just want to admonish the, the DAs and the, and the other people that lack courage and leadership. If you, know, if, you, if you see something, say something. Isn't that what they say? If you see something, say something. Yet it doesn't apply to you because you don't want to rock the boat. You'd rather the vote of the American people be stolen and further enslave the American people to an ideology that does not represent the values of this nation. So we're out of time, but I do want to thank you for being here. Hit the share button. Hit the rumble. If you're on rumble, hit on your way out, hit the rumble button. Just hit that little rumble button and, um, and share it. You have to become the arbiters of truth. You have to become the arbiters of reality. And yes, we should have a, a nationwide protest on elections going into the primaries. We, are, we just saw the primaries get stolen in, in Texas. N nobody likes Crenshaw. No one. He won by 70%? Or how about Abbott winning the, the, the nod for the Republican candidate for governor? Run other people against him. You cannot win a, a rigged election unless everyone gets out there and breaks it. L let it. Let it be that 500 million people vote so we can finally see. If everyone goes out and votes, guess what happens? Guess what happens? Then more people voted in the election across the country than they even have people in the United States. And then they're like, oh, well, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to fix it? Break the system. Also, run for delegate. Run for office. Get out there and be an effective voice. Stop buying stuff from Amazon. Stop buying stuff. Stop using Google. Stop. Stop using the things and feeding these beasts. And frankly, you got to get in the gap and you got to wait. Once we have density, man, it is, it is Boston Tea Party time. And that's not a call for violence. That's a call for accountability. And in our country, we don't have accountability. We just have a bunch of leaders that are selfishly filling their you know, pockets with money and pushing towards that thirst for power. It's disgusting. And what it's doing is killing our children, and we're letting it happen. And because there's so much chaos, we haven't learned to ignore the chaos, ignore all the white noise, and just focus on the problem. Work the problem. And the problem right now is you have to learn the power of the word no, and you got to do something about it. You can't wait for somebody else to fix it. Can't wait for a DA. You just heard it. You can't wait for a DA to do what they need to do. You just saw, if you were on a jury, you would convict them of every one of those crimes. I know I would. So would you. And at the end of the day, we only care about one thing, that the person that we, the voice of the American people is heard and who we chose to be elected, that is the person that sits in office and serves the interests of the people. Well, we're out of time. If you like us, please subscribe to us at Rumble. If you want to follow us live, you can go to Conservative Daily, excuse me, conservative-daily.com, uh, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, CloudHub, and Frank Speech. We'll be adding a couple more here in the next couple of days. There's also like 700 other pages that seems to have uh, syndicated Conservative Daily. I got a, a request on Monday that said, hey, look, we want, to, we want to run you on the radio. 
And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. Um, but they said, you, you, have to, you have to align your sponsors. Anyway, so we'll be on a bunch of other things on the radio as well here in the next coming weeks. Um, we, if you want to listen to us on the audio version, you can listen to us at, at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Please go over there, give us a five-star review, uh, download it, and, um, and share it with someone who needs to hear it. If you want a reminder when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. You can also subscribe to our link in, the, in there to get access to memberships. I want to talk about this really quickly. If you go to conservative-daily.com, you can actually become a member for as little as $10 just to support us every month. Um, you can uh, literally defend. You, you also get special pricing at $10 too, right, on the, on the fax blasts and the letters to Congress? I think so, Mr. Producer. But all the way up. And then you have the Defender, and you have the Patriot, and Super Patriot, and Founder. I do want to thank those founders that came in this week, as well as the many of you that signed up to become members. And, uh, you know, we'll have some great programming and uh, meet and greets and things that we'll have that we'll bake into this as well. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. I want to thank you again. God bless you. He is definitely at the wheel. So have faith. You can't choose when you have faith. You just have to have faith and you have to act in that faith until tonight. God bless you.